We're going to read God's word um, from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Okay, just going to read a few short verses. If you have a Bible with you, want to look it up or turn it up on your phone. Um, if not, it's going to appear on screen above my head in a moment or two. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to read the first three verses. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And ending there, the Lord will bless his truth to our hearts, we pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. Okay, so my name's John Dickinson. I'm minister in Carnmoney Church, which is kind of the church out of which this, this church has been birthed. Um, I used to be known as my father's son. Now I'm known as my son's father. And it's an adjustment I've had to make, but I'm getting there. And uh, so it's a real pleasure for me and for so many of us from Carnmoney to be here this afternoon to celebrate what's been happening here over the past two and a half years. And I want to say thanks to all you guys for coming as well, because um, we really appreciate the support and encouragement that that is um, for us, you know, not just today, but people have been turning up throughout those two and a half years to be a part of what we've been doing. I was sitting one afternoon, Christine, um, after lunch, trying to ward off the sleep, and uh, my phone buzzed, and it was a text from Dave, and uh, I pulled the phone out, looked at the text, and the text said, the legend that is John Dunlop has just walked into Central. So for all those various people who showed up at different times to encourage us, we really appreciate that so much. The members of other churches in South and North Belfast, friends of the central leaders and members who are here, leaders, staff, members of Carnmoney, and most of all to God the Holy Spirit, whose presence with us is the one we crave most of all. Okay. The local church is the hope of the world. And... Uh, You've maybe heard that saying before. It's something that Christians often talk about, but it's something that we believe in, Carnmoney. But we are aware that we are part of the church in this island and that the church in this island is one in almost every branch that has been in unrelenting decline for the whole of my lifetime. And that puts us as Christians and church members in a position of embarrassment and danger. Let me explain what I mean by that. On the 24th of April 1990, the Space Shuttle Discovery launched with the Hubble Space Telescope on board. It was designed to enable Earth-based scientists to see some of the faintest objects in galaxies as far away as 13.4 billion light years in space and time from Earth. Just a few weeks into the mission of the Hubble telescope, they discovered a catastrophic flaw. The primary mirror had been wrongly ground, resulting in blurred images. It was a disaster and a major public embarrassment. The scientists and engineers who had originally designed and constructed the space telescope set to work to, give, to find a solution to the problem. 
what they actually did in the end of the day was they gave the Hubble telescope a pair of glasses. Now, it's quite complicated glasses, but nonetheless, that's basically what they did. They corrected the vision of the telescope by putting a series of optics into it, and those new optics were delivered and installed by a subsequent space shuttle mission in December 1993. Now, I realize you're really impressed that I know all this, and the only reason why I do know all this is because, you know, channel hopping the other day, I came across a channel called the Smithsonian Channel, which is only for geeks, okay? So don't even think about looking at it. But I, I came across this channel, and on the channel there was a program about the Hubble telescope and about how they had solved this problem. And the engineer who came up with the solution to the problem was interviewed on the program. And... Uh, as the interviewer talked to him about the significance of the fault that they had discovered in the, in the telescope, the engineer said that the danger was that the failure of the Hubble telescope would, spend, would spell the end of big science. What he meant by that was that NASA, you know, would have settled for footering about with odds and ends instead of continuing on its mission and end up on the moon again and then later on Mars and doing all sorts of other really big scientific projects that advances the knowledge of our species. The danger was that because this was such a high-profile project and it was a complete disaster, that it would have made an end to big science. And I think the danger for us in the church is exactly the same. Because of the failure that we have experienced over the years, the danger is that we give up on the big vision, on the big science. And so, like Hubble, we need a service mission to refocus our efforts on being church, the hope of the world. We believe that the rebirth of this congregation as central Belfast, out of the life and witness of Carnmoney, is an encouragement to the whole church to get back to big science. And in the opening verses of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, Paul, for very different reasons, reminds them of what big science means for the church. And it's three things. And the first one that he reminds them of is this. The first one is place. Place. The church is about location because location matters to God. If you were in church this morning, you were reading the text uh, about Palm Sunday, you'll remember that when Jesus came into Jerusalem and most people didn't know who he was and they said, who is he? The response to that question came from the crowd and they said, he is Jesus of Nazareth. Even God's own son, when he lived in this world, was known by the place that he came from. And place is important. The scripture we read is a letter a moment or two ago, and letters are sent to an address. And that letter of Paul's has an address. Paul to the church of God in Corinth. And not just there. Because Paul goes on to say to the church of God in Corinth, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This letter was to go to Corinth, a place, but it was also to go everywhere. Now, when we see the term everywhere, we kind of think of some universal idea. You know, everywhere is just like everywhere, okay? But the way Paul writes it in this verse might be better translated like this. 
to the church of God in Corinth, together with all those in every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are being called to plant the church in every place. And as every farmer knows, location can be as significant as the crop which is planted there. I remember visiting a member of mine when I was in First Killeley a long time ago. He was a farmer, and uh, I had noticed that he planted a field. And when you drove past the field, by now it, it, it was a cereal crop, and by now it was up quite high. But I noticed that there was a distinction in the field. Roughly about half of the field seemed to be taller than the other half of the field. And I was being a, a townie and knowing absolutely nothing about anything related to farming. I was fascinated to find out, was there a reason for this? Ah, yes, he said, that's an interesting one. He said, I went out to sow that field one evening after tea. And he said, I got halfway through the field and the rain came on. I had to take the machinery out of the field. And then he said, I I came in the next morning when it had dried up and I planted the rest of the field. And he said, from that point in time, the half of the field which was planted second advanced ahead of the field that was planted first because the second half of the field was damp when the seeds went into it. And right through to harvest, you could see a distinction in that crop based on the place on which it was planted. So place is really important. When it came to place, for Paul, that usually meant an urban environment like Corinth. Corinth was what Craig Keener calls, quote, one of the major urban centers of the ancient Mediterranean and one of the most culturally diverse cities in the empire. Going anywhere near Corinth as a church was big science because this was the audacious positioning of the gospel in the marketplace of faiths and values, which was the big city of Corinth. And in every city, there were always the specifics of location. And sometimes that could be particularly challenging. For example, we read in Acts chapter 17, while Paul was waiting for Silas and Timothy in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. This was a different location to Corinth in Athens, and it was a challenging place. But here's the thing. In the great lists contained in the Lamb's Book of Life, you will find the names of Dionysius and Damaris, Athenians who heard the gospel from the lips of Paul and believed. This big science was putting the gospel into the marketplace of faiths in the most difficult sets of circumstances because he believed that the Lord would bring a result. There was a day when Belfast was a city full of churches But at some point, the churches disengaged with the city. They lost their place. The one in North Belfast, for example, in which my mom came to faith in Jesus Christ is now only a pale shadow of what it was when she was a teenager. And the one in East Belfast my dad attended as a child with his family is no more. It closed years ago. Again and again, that is the challenge that we find. The church disengaged from the society around it and over a period of time ceased to attract people to the message that it had and gradually door after door after door was closed. The point about what Paul is telling us is that place matters. 
This church was opened in 1829, not so Henry Cook could lead the PCI, but so that he could address Belfast. And what's central is will only be significant if what goes on in here addresses what goes on out there. And I know that the central team want to do that. I know that it was that love that brought them to Belfast in the first place. Just last night, one of the central launch team tweeted a photo of Belfast on her Twitter account, and she said, quote, I love this city. Let's never forget how far we have come. Place matters. Central is in Belfast because it is Belfast we want to reach. It is the people of Belfast for whom we have a message. It is the broken of Belfast whom we want to see healed. We are here because we want to be in this place. Central needs to be really conscious of its place if it is to function as the church in this generation. Second thing Paul says is that church, big, big science in church terms is about place, but it's also about person. It's about person. You cannot read the first three verses of 1 Corinthians and not see who was the person who mattered most to Paul. Four times in three verses, he mentions that person by name, and a further three times, he refers to him indirectly. The first verse sets the scene. Paul called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And when Paul tells us that he was called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, he goes on to point out that there is big science in this calling. There's big things going on here because Paul goes on to say that this calling in Christ Jesus was by the will of God. Now, when we read those two expressions, we imagine that uh, they both say the same thing, okay? To be called by Jesus is the same thing as being called by the will of God. And we imagine right away that the second phrase is redundant because basically both of them refer to Paul's Damascus Road experience. That was the event horizon in Paul's life. It was the point when his life was captured by the pull of Jesus and passed beyond the point of no return. But if you could see beyond the event horizon, you would discover that the call originated in the purposes of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from before the beginning of time. It wasn't just something that happened, an experience that Paul underwent on the road to Damascus. It was something that originated in the purposes of God right from the very beginning. And that's why Jesus matters so much. Not just because of his love or his sacrifice or his presence, all of which are so precious to us. But he matters so much because he is Lord he calls Paul, he sends Paul to Corinth, and he calls the Corinthians according to this text and sets them apart as holy. Conversion is the event horizon. It is the point of no return. And yet in the church, at times we seem to spend our time trying to get back over the horizon and regain some control. Paul never did. For him, Jesus was Lord, period. 
That was it. There was no more to be said. And that's challenging. Because if Jesus Christ really is what we like to call him in this church, the sole king and head of the church, then we need to listen to what he says and we need to accept it. Something which was not obvious to us in Carnmoney became obvious over a period of time. It started when Andy McCourt, then senior pastor of CFC in East Belfast, spoke at our Catalyst Conference in church. And as a result of that weekend with Andy, we began to realize that God was calling us to Belfast. A series of events that followed that left us with no choice as a congregation just at the point in time when we were about to make the biggest financial investment in Newton Abbey the congregation had ever made. How was God challenging us about the city of Belfast when we were about to spend £2.7 million putting that building up? Not to service Belfast, but to service the needs of Newton Abbey. That was the challenge. We thought we heard God speak. We thought that was what he was saying. We had no idea how we would address it, but that's what he did. And if he is Lord, then he is Lord. But there was a bigger challenge at that same point in time for me because as part of the leadership team in Carmoney, we began to realize that God was seeking to push our vision wider than it had previously been. I came to realize that God was in the process of calling one of my children to gather up the team to lead it, and I didn't want him to go. People don't say it to my face, but I know that some of them think that this exercise here in Central is a nepotistic exercise in empire building on my part. I need to tell you, I didn't want my son to go. Partly because I knew that to him would be drawn other gifted people that God was calling, and I didn't want them to go either. But even more just because of him. Christine and I have been blessed as parents. Our children are all around us. They're actively involved in the life of our church. We see them almost on a daily basis. Not only them now, but we see the grandchildren. We're more interested in them than our children now anyway. So... And, and that is something really special, and we are so thankful to God for that reality. And the fact that one of them who had been there partnering in ministry with me and the rest of the staff team in Carmoney was going to not be about so much, that was a big deal for me. But here's the thing. The church is not primarily about structure and strategy, nor loyalty and legacy, nor even fellowship and family. The church is about worship. It's about the one who is Lord because it's his church. Who is he that on the throne rules the world of light alone? Tis the Lord, a wondrous story. Tis the Lord, the King of glory. At his feet we humbly fall. Crown him, crown him, Lord of all. Jesus needs to be Lord in here so that he can be Lord out there. It has to start with us. It has to begin when we put the person in the right place. When as a church we start to listen to him and only to him and we start to obey him without argument, without contention, 
and without reserve. The church can only do big science when the right person is in the right place. And the last thing about big science is this. The church is about people. So in a specific place, Corinth or Belfast, the Lord builds his church. He builds it by calling apostles, that is, people whom he sends. But the success of the venture is not to be evaluated in finances, in leadership, or in buildings, although all of those things are really important. It's hard to do church without them. And the reality is that to have a home in this building is humbling. We never expected it from really honest. I never wanted it. I sat in a coffee shop at Trevor Grimm, the clerk of General Assembly, sitting down there a number of years ago in Newton Abbey talking about church stuff. And one of the things he said to me in the conversation was, John, would you guys never, not even consider with this Belfast church plant the situation in May Street? My exact response to him was, Trevor, not in a million years. But God had other plans that were beyond my ability to see that. And through all the weeks of work in here over the past couple of months, the dust, the paint, the stuff, I struggled to imagine how it could be that there could be a sense of new life in this particular space. And as Dave's already said, we're so grateful to God to God for everyone who made it possible for us to be here. May Street, South and North Belfast, General Assembly's Architecture Panel, volunteers from Carn Money and Central, donors, tradesmen, and people with trailers. Thank God for people with trailers. But God does not allow us to treat his favor as the fulfillment of his purposes. So we got here. That's great. We got here because loads of people mucked in and helped us, and that was amazing. We got here because he had plans. That's his favor, but that's not his purpose. That lies in another direction altogether. Paul says to the church of God incarnate, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. For us in the church, big science lies in the realization that what we have to do is not about the people who are in here, but about the people who are out there. The temptation is that the church sees as pastor teachers see. Pastor teachers are important people. I know I am one but they see the world in a particular way, and they have a tendency to see people as a flock to be fed and protected. Eddie Gibbs, the author, spoke in our church one stage, and he talked about when he put himself forward as a candidate for the Anglican ministry. He went along to college, and they were training him for the ministry there. And he said, what I discovered over the couple of years that I spent at college training for the ministry was that they were essentially training me to become an aquarium keeper, that all the fish were in the tank, and all I had to do was keep the tank at the right temperature and provide the right kind of food, and everything would be hunky-dory. When he said, I thought Jesus called me to be a fisherman on the high seas. And that's the thing. That's the thing. We have to see as apostles and prophets and evangelists as well as trying to see as pastor teachers. 
we have to see that Jesus did indeed call us to the high seas and not to become an aquarium keeper. And since the very beginning, Jesus' followers have struggled with that. The morning after the night before in Capernaum, the night before was a night never to be forgotten. Jesus returned from the synagogue. Simon Peter's mother-in-law was ill. He heals her and she serves them a meal and the word gets around. And after dark, they come from the surrounding countryside, hundreds of them with sick people, people with all sorts of situations and needs. And they were at the door till the wee small hours of the morning. And I love that part. And I think it's Luke's version of the story in which he said, Jesus healed them all, every single one of them. Everybody went to bed exhausted. Jesus was up early praying. Disciples go out looking for him. And this is what we read. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said... I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. There are other people who need to be reached. There are other people who are not here right now. I was with a minister recently doing a special service for him, talking a bit about church planting and outreach. And he said to me when he was giving me some help to prepare for the service, he said that at the previous meeting of his Kirk session when he and his elders had been together, he just threw out a question out of interest around the table that night at the meeting. And he said, who, who can remember the last time you invited someone to come with you to church? So he's talking to the ordained leadership of the local congregation and he said no one in the room could remember the last time they had done that. Now, don't get me wrong. I am so thankful to God for the love and care that people in local congregations give to others. I personally am so thankful to a couple called John and Mary who, after my father passed away, called for my mother every single Sunday and drove her to church and brought her home afterwards. And some Sundays even had her for lunch at their home. I am so thankful to God for that couple and what they did for my mom. In fact, the fact that they were doing that regularly was the reason why we knew on the Sunday that she took her stroke that she wasn't well because they called at the door and they couldn't get in. I'm so thankful to God for how in so, all sorts of small ways like that people in church look after one another. And that is really, really important. But I'm sitting in my new members course at the moment and I'm looking at Rachel who's in that course. And as I look at Rachel, now married and a young mom with a, a young child, I am so thankful to God for an older woman who lived not far from her home called Linda, who invited Rachel to come on our Alpha course a few years ago. And Rachel coming on that Alpha course changed her life. And all that happened because Linda asked her to come. The people outside are not living for the purpose for which they were created. Their lives were meant to be set apart for another purpose altogether. And it's our calling to help them find that purpose. Jesus needs us to reclaim our purpose in here so that those out there might find theirs. 
You know, there is a great fashion in the church now to say that church is not about numbers. And in a sense, that is right. Because according to the book of Revelation, chapter 7, the church is about numbers that human beings cannot count. Because the church is about people, and you can never have too many. Such is the nature of the love and purposes of God, that he wants them from every nation, tribe, people, and language. And all those people are out there right now. If we are not to lose our nerve because of the failure that has been rampant in the church of Jesus Christ in this island throughout the whole of my lifetime, then we need to make sure we do big science. And what that means is that we need to get ourselves involved in the place where God has put us. Belfast is where we are, and it is Belfast we have to win. Not only so, but we need to get the right person in the driving seat. And that is not the latest church growth guru or whoever. That is Jesus Christ himself. He is Lord, and we need to get ourselves in the place of treating him as such and responding obediently to whatever it is and however inconvenient it may be that he asks us to do. And the church is about people, not us. It's about the people out there that you and I can bring in. It is such a privilege to be a part of Central, even from a distance. They occasionally allow me to preach at it, which is very good. Not for them, but for me. And to watch what is happening is exciting and incredible, and we love it. Loads us up on the other side in the Carnmoney Road. We love to hear about what's happening. That is so incredible and so exciting. But I believe that it's also more significant than that. It's not just that Carn Money might feel good about itself. It's that the whole church might begin to see the encouragement of what can happen when you let Jesus tell you what to do and then go and do it.